0: AM 560, the answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The The Answer.
1: Black and Right Radio on AM 560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my good friend, the bishop himself. The bishop. The bishop of truth, César. (laughs) The La floor. <laughs> hey, God, Anthony, what's going on, my man? I'm doing well, man. How are you? God is good. I'm great. He, it, he's he's beyond good. Absolutely, man. yes mm-hmm. You know, I've 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 been filling in for Dan and Amy. Yeah, uh, yeah. in the morning, good man. Busy guy. Yeah, yeah, but that morning shift, man, it's like oh, that that'll, that'll rocky world. Because I got to get up at two thirty in the morning. I know. Because I, I live like an hour and fifteen minutes away. Mm-hmm. So that drive in, I'm leaving at three o'clock, three something in the morning. 'Cause you know, I, I I like to be early. I love to be early every, mm-hmm. every time I go somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, just to prep, get my mind right. Yeah, right. And then at four hours of radio, man, I go home. I'm driving home like this. If you're looking down the live feed, you can see me drifting off. Oh, you mean they they don't send a car?
2: You can't get a couple of winks in the back of the car while Chauffeur is driving. Oh, I'm a name. nobody.
1: <laughs> I haven't reached that status yet. Oh, okay.
2: But what's been going on with you, the Bishop of Truth? Just very, very busy, man. Yeah. Just uh, doing a lot of things, traveling a lot, working. Yeah,
1: canceling me, saying, no, I can't come. I'm not I coming. I didn't cancel no, you. you. I <laughs> saw you said that to somebody earlier. Yeah.
2: I turned you down You turned me down. i never many turned times? you
1: down. I just told you I was going to be no out of town. I can't come on, John. I, I can't come on. I'm going to be out of town. I'm yeah, traveling. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just kidding. Hey. So, so much it. has happened since we last. I mean, last time we saw each other, it, we were talking, going back and forth about the Black Lives Matter movie. Right, we did a whole yeah, three-week
2: series on it. Absolutely. And then I filled in for you when you went on vacation. I think that was the last time I was Was that here. December? No, that was back in, I don't know. Yeah, remember. December. Okay,
1: was that December? I think, right? That's, you filled in for me in December because I was in Orlando.
2: Okay, that was then. Is that
1: then, when it was? Probably so. I, I don't
2: it, recall. In a while.
1: Yeah, but it's but, good to be back. Yeah, 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 I mean, it must be good to be Black Lives Matter too. You know, especially if you're leading it. Yeah, you can you can live in nice digs. I mean, they mm-hmm. raised
2: ninety million dollars, and and and, you, and then you, one of the co-founders, just bought a one point five million dollar house. Oh yeah, but where? In a all-white neighborhood. In a whole, what? <laughs> What's going on?
1: Well, hey man, black neighborhoods matter too. Oh yeah, but 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 you're fighting the cause. Mm. You're making sure that black lives supposed to matter, which you haven't yet. Where's the money gone?
2: Well, you know, but black lives matter. But some people say, I just don't want them to matter around me. Oh, you know, they're, 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 they walk a different walk. You know, oh. they want to say that they're down for the people, but they don't want to be down with the people. So they're not in the hood. They're you? not they in just, the hood. Right. They, they, right. they, they, just, mm-hmm.
1: they just do stuff like this from afar. Right. Wh-
2: whatever is going to raise you the money and get you the connections that you need to push your true agenda which is not elevating black Americans. Right. Of course, you know, the true agenda of groups like Black Lives Matter is leftist ideology being pushed forward, breaking down of the family, the patriarchy system, you know, advancing homosexual rights. Yeah. And so and then getting rich, do it. Yeah. Uh, having enough money to be able to support your favorite leftist politicians. That's what it's all about. <laughs> See,
1: that last part, I'm not a fr- I'm not I'm, I don't I, I'm, I'm OK with it. What's that? Getting rich.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Right. But don't get rich rich on the back of of other people's grievances, of other people's grief, which is my problem with a lot of people on the left, is that they especially with black grievance, they use black grievance to advance their own political agenda or their personal agenda or their financial agenda. They do it on the backs of
1: black grievance in the form of socialism or Marxism. Mm-hmm. But yet, what is it that they're actually taking advantage of? Absolutely, capitalism. That's, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. The one thing that they're fighting to make sure that doesn't really happen. And this is my. This is my opinion, mm-hmm. because when I look at the, when I look throughout the, the the same black communities, I see the same thing everywhere you go. No matter where you go, mm-hmm. they uh, they don't really want the black people to believe that they can achieve these great things. When, when, when in reality, they can because as long as they can 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 push out a victim mentality thing they get paid off of it,
2: absolutely right whenever we get to the point where we can realize that we don't need them uh that we could survive without them then they will no longer be able to keep themselves empowered so they have to keep us dependent on them the whole goal of leftist ideology is to keep people dependent and and fighting against one another so that they can come in as the underdogs in their capes, you know, as as the mighty mouse to come in and to rescue us from ourselves,
1: and and I think you're seeing a lot of that through police reform, mm-hmm. so-called Not police true. and criminal mm-hmm. justice reform, Not because really. I think I've said on this show a few times. Oh, I said I thought that was me. I've said on this show a few times that I believe that I don't know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, a lot but, to talk about. But yeah. but I, but I, I really believe. That these leftists, especially these leftists that are in, that, that are indoctrinated in Marxism that are black've mm-hmm. they've done they 've done a lot of harm to black communities. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about that well I, absolutely you know
2: they've, they've actually they 've set us back a long way, and we, I know we were going to talk about this more uh, coming up because we were going to talk about racism and how people use that and manipulate that. I think what a lot of people uh, are, are kind of missing was our moments of greatness that we experienced back doing the civil rights movement. I had this discussion with someone recently, mm-hmm. and I think that one of our greatest moments of all, all, all time was doing the civil rights movement when black Americans came together and they fought back against oppression and the, and then there were powerful leaders like Martin Luther King and, and Reverend Abernathy and others that mm-hmm. rose up out of the churches to lead this glorious movement. And we had this great victory. You know, great moments like the I have a dream speech in Washington and 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 great civil crossing the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Those were days of struggle, but they were also our greatest days. Those were days of glory. I think there are people today that want to go back to that time. They want to try to achieve that same kind of relevance. What stops them? But what they want to do, they want to take us back to have the same fights that we had back then. They want to take us back into that time. They want racism. They want to find racism everywhere. They want to find these kind of things, and they want to keep stirring it up and stimulating it and get us fighting against one another and and causing chaos so that they can come and be our leaders, our rescuers, our saviors. They're trying to build their own legacy by taking us back to the days to have us fight battles that we've already won. You asked me earlier, did I think that America was as racist now as it was back when I was... I was born in 1957. Mm-hmm. I lived through Jim Crow. You know, I lived through a lot of that in Mississippi. And absolutely not. This is not my grandfather's America. uh Oh, this is not my grandfather's America. The bishop and, and someone trying to take us back to that, simply so that they could be elevated. I think are very destructive to the black community. And,
1: and, and I think it's you. You see it happening through the, the 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 introduction of a lot of policy and legislative. I think mm-hmm. critical race theory is one of them. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. When you look at a lot of these unfunded mandates that's being pushed onto the, the school system, mm-hmm. um, I played this clip last week. I want to get your take on this. Uh, basically, this is a this is a young kid, white kid, mm-hmm. was in school. He had a teacher basically trying to get him to say something. Okay, I'll let you listen to it mm-hmm. and you tell me what. Give me your thoughts about it. Okay.
3: What this seems to be a picture of? It's just two people
1: chilling. Right, just two people. There's nothing
0: more to this picture.
4: No, nah, not really. Just two people chilling. I don't believe that you believe that. Um,
0: I don't believe that you look at this as just two people. Um, I don't think truly is just, two people, just though,
4: two people, though, is it not?
5: Yeah, but I think you're being. I think you're being. Um, I think you're being intentionally coy about what this is a picture of.
4: <laughs> what are you being coy about? It's two people standing back to back in a picture.
0: Yeah, and that's all you see is two people.
4: I, I'm I'm confused on what you would like me to to speak I on in that I sense. I don't
0: think
6: you are.
4: Well, I'm confused. Are you trying to get me to say that there are two different races in this picture? Yeah, Is that I what am you wanted to you say, me that? say? Well, yeah, at the end of the, the day, that? wouldn't that just be feeding into the problem of looking at race instead of just acknowledging them as two normal people?
5: No, it's not because you you can't not look at you can't like, you can't look at the people and
4: not
3: acknowledge that there are racial differences, right?
4: This. But if we're going for, let's say, if we're looking for equality within all this, then why would we need to point out
0: things such as that? Because those things, those differences are real things.
1: Wow. Well,
2: Your thoughts? Which one was the teacher and which one was the exactly. Exactly. You Exactly. Know, and, and so this underlines our point. To some people, it's vitally important that the only thing we see is race. Every, yeah. Everything has to be wrapped around race yeah. because that's what, uh, uh, you know, undergirds their agenda. It has to be racially driven. So to be upset because someone looks at a picture of two people and all they see is two people, you know, what do you want to say? Well, I, I see a black person, so that must mean that one of them in there is superior and one is inferior. Yeah. What are you trying to get I at?
1: want you to understand and that you are a white, privileged, bigoted. That's what I want you to see. I want you to see the blackness in this girl. I don't want you to see two individuals. I want you to see a racial, a racial component mm-hmm. in it because, dude, I'm sick and tired of it. Here's why I'm sick and tired of it. Racism has lost its power. It's lost its sting, because now everything is racist. Right. Yeah. How, how? I mean, everything. Pete Buttigieg uh, allegedly says that. That what do you say? That that the very highways, the roads themselves, has racism built into the roads. When we come back, let's dig more into that because you know, I, I think I, I think I get it. Maybe because the white lines are dotted and you know on top of black asphalt with yellow line. I don't know. What? Oh, it could be black bodies uh. were crushed up into the cement. Oh, <laughs>
2: I, I don't know what he's saying. Oh, if he said that,
1: he's a dummy. Yeah, you're listening to Black and Right on AM five sixty Answer. I'm your host John Anthony, live in studio with the Bishop of Truth Caesar Caesar Lafleur. We'll be right back.
0: This is Black and Right with John Anthony. On AM560 the
1: answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 the answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the Bishop of Truth himself, Caesar LaFleur. It's me. Yes, sir. So, yeah. Bishop, I yeah. don't know. I racism physically built into America's alien infrastructure system. So okay. help me understand how roads and racism and is it. Well, let, let me just try to give him the benefit of the doubt.
2: Okay, go ahead. Oh, oh look Help at me. you look being at nice. You know that's what grace is all about. Oh. But, but maybe he's trying to say that the way that the highways were designed, uh, the the way that the airports were designed, where they were located. I don't know. Maybe where you put some uh, bridges or you don't do bridges might have something to do with the location where people are. And so maybe he's saying that black communities or under uh, privileged communities didn't get the same access. Look at you. I'm, I'm just trying to. No. What could you possibly be saying?
1: No, he wasn't saying. He's that. saying what he's, he's saying. What he think he can get away with? <laughs> that racism, basically. Because remember, now you got to remember, racism now is built in everything. It, yeah, it's it's everywhere. Yeah,
2: so because
1: it. it's built in everything, really? Yeah. I think I got. I, I think I got in my mind what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. You got to think about this. Think about you driving on the railway. Okay. What color is the road? The road is
2: usually it's black. Oh. It, you know, if it, especially if it's been, you know, freshly yeah. talked over.
1: It's very see these black. vehicles pressing down and beating on but top the lines
2: of that control
1: which come lane on. you can which drive come in.
2: They are white. You, go, you these white lines are controlling where you can drive on, on the road. So now you get where I'm going. See the foolishness, the stupidity
1: and all that. stuff? Thank you,
2: Pete Buttigieg. I never noticed that. I will never pay attention to those lines
1: anymore. 312-642-5600. 312-642-5600. If you think that America's infrastructure and roadways and all of that well, is what, racist, what give the, us a call. We want to hear your thoughts. What about the yellow lines? Well, you know, we better not say that because yellow lines represent a particular a particular set or race of people now that... Uh, society has said now that we can't talk about mm. the Asians. Yeah, 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 absolutely, right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's where we've 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 found ourselves mm-hmm. that we can't talk. We can't have certain conversations, and that's my problem with mm. with with what's what, what I where I see our society, where I see this nation going is that nobody can have a discussion. Even if I, you and I disagree, we still cannot have that discussion. Right, because disagreement nowadays means
2: racism. If I disagree with a leftist, that means I'm a racist. Yeah. If I disagree with, with a black leftist, I'm an Uncle Tom. Yeah. You know, it still rolls, runs down to some kind of racial thing yeah. because they know that it's the most effective tool to advance a political narrative, to, yeah. b- to advance a political a- agenda. So, absolutely, now racism has got to be in everything because that's what's going to keep us
1: behind our dotted line. You see, they came after Hubert Davis. Just got an, um, at take UN, UNC, UN, UNC yeah, yeah, because he said he, he talked about how he's married to his white wife and he's proud of and it, and he spoke, you know, very proudly of it, right? Well, he's a coon now. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I, 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 was, I went straight to the on Twitter. Went straight to the comments. I didn't even read the article. I went straight to the, <laughs> <laughs> some things. I don't. I don't even have to read the, the article. Mm-hmm. I, I go straight to the comments because I want to see what people are thinking. You know who the most people that I saw commenting on it? Who would you think would be the, the, the biggest commenters on, that, on a post like that? The comment in which way? About against, against, him, against him. Against him, yeah. Well, it's going to be black people. Negative. What? It was white women. That were against liberal, him? Liberal white women going after him. For marrying a white for woman? For marrying a white woman. Where's your, where's your pride? Are you sick in the head? Really? Yes. Well, and and the, I mean the brothers and the sisters were calling them coons. Yeah, and, that's what I thought it would be. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think people are learning not to call people Uncle Tom, right? Yeah. Because they're realizing the hero the hero, heroics of Uncle Tom, and not so much the 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 degradation. Plus, though, they
2: just warned that term out, so it. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah.
1: Did yeah. yeah. you see uh, Larry Elder's movie Uncle Tom? Absolutely, yeah. You know, Latasha Fields is in it for yeah. a moment. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It, right. was, it was a great movie. It was awesome. It was awesome. But but think about this, man. Mm-hmm. If we ever really gonna get what's the so called equity that so many people are Mm -hmm. looking for, we gotta have some tough, hard conversations about who we are. Absolutely. And we gotta have we gotta have those conversations with each other Mm -hmm. and we have to be able to have that conversation with anybody that they deem enemies against blacks. You actually I
2: just posted on my Facebook social media today that we've come to a time in America where if you just state the obvious, you can get in trouble. And if you reject believing unbelievable, ridiculously stupid things, it could lead to your ruin. We're at a time now where we cannot have open, honest conversations, even if we acknowledging the obvious. Yeah. You, know, you can't have those things if it goes against what the accepted narrative is, and they will come down hard on you. You can't say some things that are just plainly true right. that needed
1: to be said, especially about ourselves right. as black people. There are some things that are obvious. Right. I think, I think one, of, one of the things that I, I, I see a lot, I see the arguments in, in, the, in the social media platforms. Uh, they just talked about a mass killing in South Carolina because there were five people killed. Mm-hmm. And you'll see somebody from the right immediately say, well, Chicago suffers a mass shooting every week, basically. Mm-hmm. And with 40, 58, 53 people killed, shot, shot, 14 right. killed last week. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So they're right. That, that's a mad, that's mm-hmm. considered a mass shooting. But then you'll see people on the left or black people say, well, why have we got to talk about Chicago? Because Chicago's doing most of the shooting. we got to gotta ta- have this conversation.
2: <laughs> exactly. We need to talk about it because it's an ongoing tragedy yes. in our community. It happens all the time. Yes. And if we can't get fed up enough to talk about it, in fact, it upsets me when I see the nation get upset when there's a mass shooting. But we just go about as if nothing has happened when this happens in Chicago every week. We should be really on red all the time. All the time. Because it's happening to us and something has to be done in order to be
1: able And, to be- and don't you think... That the political sh- infrastructure and structure should be decimated from not just the not just the shootings, mm. but the poor education that's happening in in, in places like Chicago, um, the you know, Rockford area, you know, the, 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 it, east, yeah. the East East mm-hmm. St. Louis areas. Dude, are you serious? Where are the Republicans talking about these issues? And those are the ones
2: that are obvious that needs to be talked about. Yeah. When you have a seventy-two percent illegitimacy rate, yeah. and so there are not children growing up under the influence of their mother and father. When you have absent fathers, when you have a poor education system, when the streets are becoming the parents, then this is what you're going to get. You're going to yeah. get children that grow up that have no sense of understanding about anything moral, anything decent, any family structure. Only thing they know is about how to survive and get what they want the way they only, only way they know how to get it. So, therefore, that makes the streets very dangerous, and it proliferates itself. It happens over and over again because there's nothing being done to break the cycle. Right. Because we can't be honest about the fact right. that the first thing we need to do is stop having babies out of wedlock yeah. and hold these black men accountable for fathering these children and then abandoning them, yeah. and then don't come give me no... Crap about, you know, what about white men or what about this? And that other thing, focus on the issue that we're talking about that this has to stop. Yeah. We have to get black men back in their places and take control of our family.
1: Yeah. And well, the emasculation of the black man is on full display. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, but, but as if on the flip side of everything you just said, so many people focus in just on that point right there mm-hmm. that the black men need to do this, the black man need to do mm-hmm. this, the, the black community is doing this mm-hmm. to each other. What about the highlights? What's happening that's good in the black community? Mm -hmm. We don't talk enough about the people that are in these communities in in, in, on the south sides of Chicago, that's on the north side of Chicago, that's on the west side of Chicago, that are really doing things that are bringing greatness to to the black community to begin with Mm -hmm. and then to push out to the overall community. Why don't we talk enough about the great? And I think this is where Candace Owen gets a lot of beef people not liking her because they feel like she's only focused in on, which I disagree with, uh, but but that she only focuses in on what's wrong in black America and not what's right in black America. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, absolutely. I agree with that about her, but I I think one of the
2: things is that, I don't know, something like sometimes things that should just be happening. You know, I I want to focus on the things that are positive because there's a lot of positive things going on. But there are some of these things that are just what we should be doing. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are raising their children and being good fathers. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are graduating from school and doing well in school. That's what you should be doing. But sometimes we can't focus on those extraordinarily good things that's going on because there's so many extraordinarily horrible things that are going. See, on.
1: I think we can do both.
2: Yeah, but we got, we got to try to find a way to do it. <laughs> right, but but the only the, the people who cover the media, yeah. the things that's going to lead and, and lead to you know the audience. Is going to be those stories of murder, rape, crime, and yeah. all those other things. Those are the things that they're going to lead on the news.
1: Well, mm. I'm not a fan. You know this. I'm not a fan of this corporate media and how they go about making just people. Period. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're right of center, mm-hmm. um, they don't want to have anything good thing, uh, any good things to say about who you are. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm just, Bishop. I'm just. I'm getting so fed up with the narratives that are being pushed. On both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and, right, and, and, and I, I sat this week and I just, just just pondered a lot that's happening in America. We're missing it. Mm-hmm. We're, missing, we're missing the moment when China's building up greatness and trying to come after the entire world. We're here fighting about racism. and, Dude, we're, we're going to get our clocks clean mm-hmm. if we don't focus. And realize we have an enemy at the door that's ready to take us out. We need to drill down on that. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Black and Right on AM 560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with The Bishop. We got Dave Smith from IFI up next. Dave Don't Smith. Don't go anywhere.
0: Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560 The Answer.
2: And welcome back to Black and Right Radio with John Anthony on. AM 560, The Answer. This is your co-host, the Bishop of Truth. This is Reverend Caesar LaFleur, and I'm welcome back to this hour. And I'm going to invite you to call in, be a part of the conversation, be a part of the talk. The number is area code 312-642-5600. Call in, tune in, and chime in. John, it's good being here with you, man. I'm so glad to be back with you today.
1: I'm glad to have you, man. Right you got me all sweating i had to take my hat off it got a little hot in here <laughs> yeah, we took off a little hot you know
2: but you know uh john one of the most i was just thinking this morning probably one of the most precious things we've been given by god besides salvation through jesus christ and in the very lives that we have our most precious possession our most valuable possession are our children yes our children and one of the most important things that we need to be considering when we talk about our children is the influence that they're going to be raised up under.
1: Yeah.
2: uh, Especially as it concerns their education. I heard someone say that our children are going to go to public schools where they're going to be trained for about 15,000 hours in ungodly, secular, human, all different kind of ideologies. Mm -hmm. They're going to go to Sunday school and they're going to color a picture of Noah's Ark. And the question is, do you think that's going to be enough to offset the lies that they're going to be told in our public schools? It's a real challenge, especially for Christians. Right, It's bringing us to a real point of decision about what are we going to do about ensuring that our children are being educated and not indoctrinated. So I've asked Dave Smith from Uh-oh. Illinois Family to come on Uh-oh. and to talk about that today because Dave Smith, as you know, he's the director of Illinois Family Institute, uh, 501C3 and C4 to have Illinois Family Action that's doing great work in Illinois.
1: Be- before, you say, before you introduce him, I'm just going to say, Anybody that gets on the hate list is a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anybody that gets on that those lists from the Southern Poverty League and all those Absolute, whatever. Those, yeah, you, absolutely. You, you're, yeah, you're good right. with me. So he's I'm sorry, go ahead. he's
2: landed squarely on the list, and he deserves to be there because yeah. he's 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 a real trooper. And the Illinois family is doing great work for families and 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 for our state, and they're fighting the good fight. They're supporting you know honest legislators. Dave Smith. Man, so welcome to the show. I'm so glad you got time to drop in to talk to us well, today. God bless you, Caesar.
5: Thank you, John. I just uh I love hearing you every morning uh when you're filling in, John, on five sixty here you. and and uh, I love the nickname Bishop of Truth. <laughs> hey, I
2: love it. I told you. Yeah, I'm getting hats and t shirts and everything. As <laughs> <Loves laughs> as I get a percentage. Yeah, of I'm it. getting my marketing people in it. <laughs> but but uh Dave, you heard as I was uh introducing you uh yeah. this segment what we're talking about when it comes down to uh, public school, public education, and what's going on with our children. And uh, I know yep. Illinois family is involved with some people that's doing something about it. Tell us what are we doing over at IFI uh, to speak to this issue?
5: Yeah. Well, first, before I get into that, I just have to say you you are so spot on. Um, you know, Christians have got to take their job more seriously. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call out grandparents and the parents on this. Okay, Deuteronomy six, Ephesians six. That's right. Both tell us. That, you know, it is our responsibility. It's not, okay, don't call it parental rights. Call it parental responsibility Responsibility. Mm -hmm. to teach our children the faith and biblical character. And when in Deuteronomy 6 says do it, all day long. When you get up, when you walk by the way, when you sit down at the table to eat, when you go to bed, (laughs) when you walk by the road, all those times, you're supposed to teach your children these things. And that way, they won't get... Um, deceived and distracted and lied to um, by the, the, the culture, right? That's they right will to. have a solid, solid understanding of their faith and what God has called them to. And um, because our school systems, our education systems have not only failed our children academically, okay, when you look at the IllinoisReportCard.com of any any school, In the state of Illinois, you will see most likely your school system is failing in proficiency um, scores, whether Mm -hmm. it's English, math, or science, failing pitifully. But also, they've been doing that for years. Now, instead, they are indoctrinating our children in critical race theory, as you guys were talking about. That's right. In in LGBT uh, godlessness. And all kinds
2: of other things. Well, David, let me just stop stop you right there because you mentioned critical race theory, and I'm going to get this in before this ends. Uh, Maybe just very quickly in 20 seconds, explain what that is uh, and, and how it's dangerous to our schools. Okay, well, critical race theory is trying to divide us by unnatural categories.
5: Listen, guys. They they're not interested in solving this. There is a reason why they're complaining and saying there's systematic racism or there's critical race theory uh, in in the in the roads. <laughs> right, <You> know, that's <laughs> what you're talking about it. Right, right. All right. White white supremacy in math and in sheet music. Are you uh, kidding me? Right, they're, they're not. They're, they're not interested in solving the problem. They are only interested in dividing and causing discontent and bitterness and anger. And fundamentally so
1: transforming America from its original founding um, Judeo-Christian values through the school system right, through the right, indoctrination right. of the
2: school system. And they're doing it's, that system, systemically. I mean, they've got curriculum. Is that right, Dave? That's you know, and, and, they're,
5: tr- and they're yeah, and they're doing this to gain political power so they can usher in their uh, utopian
1: view of government. And, and we, you're right. We're, to we're, supplant Judeo-Christian values. We're talking to Dave Smith, Executive Director of Illinois Family Institute. Uh, Dave, hold the line. We're going to finish this discussion on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Black and White okay. right on AM 560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the bishop himself, the Bishop of Truth, yeah. Cesar LaFleur. We'll be right back.
0: Now, return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my friend, the Bishop of Truth. Well, you know what? You are natural when you at this radio. Thing, are you man. serious? You're natural, sir. Dude, my head is big enough. Do not <laughs> pump it up. Don't pump it up. <laughs> Uh-oh, Babette may have something to say about that. She will. <laughs> uh, before the break, we were talking with um, Dave Smith. Executive Director of Illinois Family Institute. My guy. And we were just talking in the break, um, Dave, about how you guys got put on a, a, a hate list. And season and yeah. I, like, wait a minute. These guys are out there fighting for the lives of Black people, but they're racist. Are you, uh, the right. Black babies? But they're they're supposed to be racist. Uh, it just never ceases to amaze me. But Dave, one of here's the thing that that I've I've talked with a lot a lot of guests that come on my show. Yeah. If you if you're left of center, you regress progressive, progressive, whatever. Everything that's happening today is okay. It's right. Nothing is wrong with what's happening. But if you're right of center and you push back against these narratives, you push back against these 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 um, just the way they're trying to force these this transformation on America. You're racist. You're bigoted. What what is someone to do who's listening to this show, who feels like the whole they've they've been called racist, the white fragility, all these type of things? uh, What should they be doing right now to help? push back against this monopolization of of the language and and, and just this this nasty agenda that's happening today? Well, the first thing I'd say is refuse to
5: remain silent. There you go. Start speaking out. Start telling people, uh, exposing this nonsense. I mean, my goodness, how long have the Democrats have been in charge of Chicago and Cook County? And for how long has this violence and the murder rate and the failing schools have been going on? My
2: goodness, people, let's start speaking out against this and change it. That's right. And Dave, that's what I love about you, Illinois family, is that you do speak out and you do speak loud. You know, you cry loud and you spare not. But back to this education, because I have been an advocate for the last couple of years about Christians, especially Christians, getting their children out of public schools. I believe the public school system is beyond repair. I think sometimes it some is. things, don't. you don't need to try to reform them. You just need to replace them. And so I think it's beyond repair, and I think that everyone should be finding a way to get their children out of public schools. So what are some of the things that you've been working on and people you've been working with that have a message about how that can be done and why that should be done?
5: Yeah, so IFI is about to launch an initiative called Public School Exit, and we're focusing actually on churches and church leaders we're going to be asking them to please, to promote um, this message. Um, instead of seeing the children in their church as missionaries mm-hmm. to the culture, mm-hmm. they've got to start looking at their kids' as mission fields. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? Right, right? We need mm-hmm. to work on that first. We need to make sure that they are trained in the faith so that they can be salt and light in the future. But don't, don't think a, a kindergartner or even an eighth grader is equipped Get that's, that's right to uh, to be a missionary. So th- this is this this is the call. What they're doing in our public schools is the antithesis of everything we want to do in our churches and in our Christian homes to teach them biblical values. And so we need to get them out. In other words, those schools, our government schools, are on fire. And if they're not going to get burned, they're going to inhale a whole bunch of smoke. Absolutely. And we got to get them out. David, I, gotta I know
2: get them out. I, when we talked about this in one of our meetings, I know I got really excited about it because it was something <laughs> that I had been working on with other groups. And, you, know, of course, you know, Latasha Fields, her whole thing, yes. and we've been working on that. And one of the things that we really wanted to try to focus on was how do we talk to churches and pastors to let them know that they have a deeper responsibility to their children. And they also have the resources. Right. A lot of these people have buildings that sit empty all week. That could be a school. Well, they have people well, in their Caesar, com- mm? does it doesn't scripture say something about um, saving the whole world,
5: but saving not f- or failing to save your own household. Yeah, your own yeah. household, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, you know. So, so our churches are, our, 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 our pastors have got to say, look, hey, it is a good thing to send missionaries to Thailand and to South America and, and to Kenya, right? But it's it's but what if you lose your own congregation and a lot of our kids are walking away, even those kids who have been raised in the church
2: are walking away in the, in their twenties not coming back. Yeah. Right, because right? We, talk, we talked about it earlier, 15,000 hours of indoctrination. And then you, yes. you get them for Sunday school one hour every week. Right. And so we've got to try right. to get them back in balance, get them out from of underneath the indoctrination. We played a clip a little bit earlier about a guy, a teacher, who's demanding that his students sees race because they want to try to teach a race tense agenda. Right. Instead of teaching them the well, things that's going to lead to wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So this project. I'll
5: put it this way. Uh, let me let me quote vodi Baham
1: vodi said uh-huh. do not be surprised when you send your kids to Caesar that they come home Romans yeah that's right hey, Dave so what what can people join this mission this movement uh, do you guys have website anywhere where they can go yes. and especially if, there, if there's yes. a pastor listening right now well
5: uh Give us a contact us at illinoisfamily.org. That's illinoisfamily.org. Uh, or give us a call next week during normal business hours. I'll be happy to talk to you. But this summer we're going to have uh, pastors' breakfasts and lunches all over the state of Illinois. And we're going to try to bring this message home, uh, encouraging folks, uh, pastors, to see the vision. Let's get our children. We got to save a remnant. I'm going yeah. to with
2: with be working with you guys very closely on that and bringing in some other organizations to do that. How is baby Owen in five seconds?
1: Thank you. He is thriving, <laughs> uh, he is doing very well. Thank you for your prayers. I really appreciate it. All right. That. We That's get... Dave Smith from the Illinois Family Institute. Um, go check out the page, uh, Illinois Family Dot .org ifi.org, i-f-i.org. Mm-hmm. um that's yeah, no, family right. yeah. Thanks so much yeah. for joining us today, Dave. Did God you know bless you guys. Did you know that Darren Bailey and his wife started a, a school down there where they're at? No, I didn't know. I that. just found this out listening mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. interview on um with Dan Prof and Amy um, okay. the other mm-hmm. morning. Wow, That's excellent. It's awesome. Talk about somebody that's putting their, you know, their money where the mouth mm-hmm. where the talk is. And and this guy's done it. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're listening to Black and White on answer. I'm your host John Anthony. We'll be right back.
0: and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560. answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the bishop himself, the bishop of truth, Cecil LaFleur. Hello, everybody. Good to be here. Yeah, we, I may catch a little flack for that, having Dave on. No, I Dave, love Dave. That's, Dave Smith's my guy, man. People that's, that's, so many people, because he's fighting for the life of the unborn. Mm-hmm. He gets. I mean, you talk about somebody that gets a lot of hate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 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 he just continues on because of his his heart and mission and drive. Yeah. To save as many.
2: And, and I believe it's like the Lord said, they're gonna hate you because they yeah. they hated me. You know, Dave stands for righteousness. You know, he does. Dave Dave's a, is is a Christian. He's a solid Christian, a Bible believer. His worldview. Is biblical, yeah. and therefore there's no gray areas on some things with Dave. And so, individuals, when you stand for truth, people will tolerate anything nowadays except the truth. It's true, you know. You'll tell a lie, of people to be okay with you, but when you stand on biblical truth, like Dave does in the Illinois Family, which I'm yeah. proud to be on the board, yeah. uh, they will they will hate you. So,
1: I want to play something. I want you to hear the different responses of how white people are making mention of voter ID. And how Black people are talking about voter ID, <laughs> right? And I really want to get the bishops, the bishop, because you're gonna you're gonna speak the truth because you're the bishop of truth. Okay, okay. And I want to get your take on the handle on this.
0: Do you have an opinion on voter ID laws? Uh,
1: yeah, they're usually
7: pretty racist. I think voter ID laws are a way to perpetuate racism.
1: Would you go as far as say those laws are racist? For sure. Do you think it suppresses the African uh, American vote? Definitely, uh, because they're less likely to have state IDs. These type of people don't live in Areas These with kind easy of
5: access to DMVs or other places where oh. they can get identification. Do you think that's harder for Black people to go online? Well, ID? I feel like they don't have the knowledge of how, of like, how it works. Black people do you carry dumb. ID. Yes, I do. Do you know anybody, any Black person, doesn't carry
2: ID?
1: No. Do you have ID? Yes. Because oh. I have my ID and my yeah. friends have their ID, so like we know what we need
2: to carry around. Yeah, everybody that I know have ID. Like, that's one everybody of the things from you to walk around yeah, with. Boston, I heard a lot also this that uh, York, Black people. <laughs> Can't figure out how to get to the DMV. It's right over there. <laughs> that that was that saying you. I know it's that on Twenty Fifth Street. Do you know
4: where the ID, the, the DMV is right here? It's on One Hundred Twenty
2: Fifth Street and Third yep. Avenue, I believe.
1: <laughs> Bishop, black people are stupid, dumb, ignorant, foolish. Can't think for themselves, right? And how racist is that? You know, and if,
2: if we got any, you know, suburban liberal white people that's listening now and you, and you really have good intentions, stop that because you sound stupid. Black people can get IDs. We are not so crippled. We are not so hapless and, and, and hopeless that we can't find our way to the DMV. We need an ID for everything else that we do. Black people. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah, come on, man. We do everything that everybody else does. We fly on airplanes. Uh, we drive cars. We buy alcohol and cigarettes. Uh, you know, we do everything else that everybody else does that requires an ID. That is that is the soft racism of low expectations when you think that it's an undue burden to require black people I to get an same. ID.
1: I heard this this audio when I filled in for um, Dan on the other day. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, this soft bigotry of low expectations mm-hmm. is real. And these people that live this white guilt... Um, I never thought that I would be a pro-pro, in some regards, Malcolm X, but mm-hmm. I want you to hear what he had mm-hmm. to say about, this just here.
4: There are many whites who are trying to solve the problem, but you never see them going under the label of liberals. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox, and a fox is, almost, is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to, but the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling and taking for a friend.
2: And that's exactly what. Come on. And so you see what they're doing in Georgia. Yeah. You know, hey, it's
1: racist. Yeah. We'll talk about that more in the second hour. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just, it's time to wake up. All these people talking about they're woke. Mm -hmm. Woke? You mean you sleepwalking? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Is that the woke you're talking about? Help us. You're woke and your, your communities are, just, are being burned down and destroyed. Just wait till what's happening in, in Minnesota. Woo. Oh, my goodness. You're listening to Black and White on AM 560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Don't go anywhere. Second hour coming up.
0: Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to Hour Two of Black and Right Radio on AM 560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the Bishop of Truth himself, and he is bringing a lot of truth, <laughs> Cecil LaFleur. Truth and trouble, probably. Well, you know, I, yeah. you're already a troublemaker. I know. There's a group of you guys as troublemakers that come on here. Yeah. <laughs> you, Villain, Babette. Yeah, we got a we got a union and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't unionize on me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but before we go to our next guest, I want to want to clear the board with all these calls. Yeah, let's get time. Tom, Tom from Lothian has a, a very good point that we were making about fathers, about black dads. Tom, welcome to Black and Right.
4: Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, it's a pleasure to finally uh, talk to you, John Anthony, and it's Thank nice you. to meet you, Bishop. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, I, I caught uh, I caught you guys talking about there not being enough good stories. Yeah. So uh, back in the old days, pre-COVID, I used to do uh, fo- film football games for a football league called Chaos. Oh. Called K A O S, and it's about six, seven, eight teams, including uh, people from the city of Robbins. And uh, Roseland, mm-hmm. uh, they even pull a team from out in Rockford. Oh wow! And I, I, I find myself in Roseland where my dad grew up. You know, I'm white. I've been at 75th and Jeffrey with them. I'll tell you, I'm surrounded by 150 black dads that really care about their family. Amazing. You know, love it. There's one guy. I, I, I tell him, when I get off the ride, and I said, "Man, you're here. I could hear you screaming." <laughs> you know, because he's he's passionate. You know, he get into it. But I mean, my point here is, is that. Nobody, uh, the, the media never talks about these stories. That's my point. They are out there, and, you know, they, they deserve some credit because they, they, they got two, they got a spring league and a fall league, but now with COVID, I know it's been put on hold. It's another reason for this this state to just, I don't know, <laughs> threw the governor out of existence. Yeah, there you so,
1: go. Well, Tom, thanks so much for know. that story, and yeah, he, he's really. right. Thanks yeah. so much for calling. Mm-hmm. He's That's, right. Uh, let's go to Keith. What's up, buddy? How's my Keith? John, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, sir?
3: I'm doing great. I just thought I'd call in and ask you uh, if black people know how to get fishing licenses, and if they do, how come I haven't seen you out here?
1: <laughs> oh, you're right. I knew I knew you were going to call me out. Uh, I, I, I'm going to get down there. Curtis and I are saying we're going to get down there to come fishing. Keith has a spot right yeah. off the uh, Fox River. Thanks so much for calling, Keith.
3: All right,
7: John. Love you. <laughs>
1: He
3: got
1: me. I, I, we used to go fishing down there. Okay. His house. I mean, he literally has his backyard. Literally is the Fox River. Wow. Man, yeah. It's great. a be- yeah. beautiful place. Um, you, you got a guest coming up. Well, yeah, I do. John
2: uh, and every listeners, w- one of the uh, issues that really motivated and, and actually started, launched my activism was the issue of life, pro-life issue, the issue of abortion. I was appalled uh, at the institution of abortion and how it affects our nation but specifically how it affects black people. Mm -hmm. And uh, Illinois, unfortunately, over the last few years, has started to become one of the most pro-abortion states in the country. Uh, We are the abortion headquarters of the Midwest here. And in Illinois, it's bad enough of all the other legislation, HB40 and everything that made abortion paid for by the taxpayers and all the other things that makes us one of the most pro-abortion states in the nation. But there was an exception. In 1995, there was a an exception made that underage children, minors, had to have parental notification before they were allowed to have an abortion. Yeah. They had to be parental notification in a 48-hour waiting period. As it should. As it should. So parents can have to have uh, you know, involvement in major decisions that are being made by minor children. Now there is a move, a law, that's being pushed to repeal that parental notification. And Mary Fiorito is on the line. She's an attorney, and the Cardinal George a fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, and the the Nicola Center for Ethics and Culture. Mary is also a mother of three teenage girls, and Mary is working with a group of people who are working on this issue to push back against this repeal of the parental notification. Mary, are you there?
7: I am here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for answering
2: the call and coming on. And Mary, uh, I was just talking about this parental notification. Can you just bring our audience up to speed on what's going on in the Illinois legislature about parental notification?
7: Well, actually we, we need to go back uh, about two years ago when HB 40 that you mentioned passed Lafleur, the was, um, was passed by the Illinois general assembly. Even at that time, the general assembly attempted to overturn or repeal the Illinois parental notification of abortion act. And what's clear um, is that this has been a planned effort all along. Um, they they knew they could get HB 30, uh, 40 through... It, they knew it was going to be a little harder to get the parental notice through at the same time, so they just kind of bided their time until now to try to push it through in this particular session of the General Assembly. But in the meantime, as as you well know, Pastor, because we were working on this together, Planned Parenthood has opened three new mega-million abortion clinics, yes. one at the border between Missouri and Illinois, one at the border at Indiana in Illinois, which is where I think you and I were together the last time out in Flossmore. Flossmore yeah. And mm-hmm. one, the most recent one, up in Waukegan, about 15 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Oh, wow. So that is not a coincidence that Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. is built three, in the middle of a pandemic, given permission to build three huge multi million dollar wow. mega clinics.
2: Since HB 40 has passed those three. Correct. Co- right.
7: Then, or, or just before, and then since HB 40 has passed.
2: And then there's plans and for two more, I understand?
7: Yeah, and all-on-border states where, um, where minor girls will be able to come across state lines. And remember, because of HB 40, anyone who is not only a state employee, but anyone who qualifies... Um, for Medicaid or Medicare, is automatically entitled to a free abortion. So that pretty much includes every teenager. I don't know many teenagers who are making above, you know, um, the minimum wage. And so they, of course, will have these abortions in the state of Illinois for free under something called presumed eligibility. If you're, if you're presumed eligible in the state in which you reside, you will be presumed eligible and qualify for those free abortions here in Illinois. So, you know, as, as John, I think you pointed out, we have become the abortion tourist capital of the midwest right. and eliminating this parental abortion uh, notification rather and again this is only notification it is not permission it is not consent from the parents the abortion can still go forward but all the abortion has the clinic has to do is simply notify wow. that minor girl's parents or guardians or grandparents 48 hours in advance i,
1: I just got so one question mary I, how, how much does this cost the taxpayer when oh you look gosh. at, when you look at, especially people coming in from outside of Illinois, I mean, if, if, yeah,
7: I have, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a particularly good question. The last number I saw, um, and this would have been six to eight months after HB forty went into effect, so about a year ago, um, abortions, uh, the free taxpayer funded abortions, had gone up seventeen hundred percent in the state of Illinois, and you know, at a time where our property taxes are. Yeah are literally driving people out of the state in droves. Where people cannot afford to stay here, um, where our schools are struggling, we are paying for abortions. And again, there's no legal limit on the number of abortions you can have. So it's not like you're one and done, you get your one free abortion per lifetime. You can go back every other month for years for free abortions. And there's no cap on the number of abortions a woman can have under this program. What? Now, is everybody, yeah, no, there's no cap, there's no legal cap on the number of abortions you can have in a lifetime, nor is there any financial free abortion cap. Um, for the state-provided abortions. So this has just opened up the, the coffers of the General Assembly to just pay these abortion providers, many of them who work, you know, in for-profit industries, and even Planned Parenthood, who says it's a for-profit organization, really does make its, its, its money from abortion. Absolutely. Abortion and then contraception, and now they are, they've entered into um, sex hormone uh, change therapy. Right,
2: absolutely, all That's of true. that.
7: So, Mary, right, this is, that's a very lucrative uh, particular field, too.
2: So this is just another example of the state grabbing power over our children, moving parents yep. out of the way and putting yep. themselves in the position as being parents. And so basically right. what they're doing is actually they're moving the parents out of this decision uh, because the proponents of this bill says because all the families aren't safe and affirming families where the children might actually be endangered, what are we doing to push back against this, and who do we need to contact in order to be able to uh, to have our voices heard about this
7: right so first of all, you know there is and, and if you want, you can google uh, an op ed that I did for the Chicago sometimes where i argue, where I argue against some of the points that the abortion industry is making, um, the law already has built in protections for girls who are victims of abuse or neglect. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. There's a judicial bypass in place. Um, it has been used. I mean, we're, we're aware that not every girl right. is... We're,
2: we're running up against know, the clock, Mary. I want to get oh, the sure. contact number. Oh, yeah. So right. if pe- mm. But
7: if people want to help, thank you. Mm. Yes. If mm. people want to help, go to saveparentalnotification.com. For girlshealthfirst.com, you can just click on a link for any of the information that you need, and we'll also take you directly to uh, the email address and phone number for your state representative and your state senator. So, again, saveparentalnotification.com and girlshealthfirst.com. That's Mary, are two websites you need to know.
1: Mary, this is John. Thanks so much for joining the show today. Uh, we'll be sure to, to spread that message uh, across and far and wide. So thanks for joining us today.
7: My, my pleasure, and God bless you and your work. You. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry.
1: You're listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I told you guys I have a surprise of who's going to be calling in next. Stay tuned. You're listening to Black and Right. We'll be right back.
0: It's this show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the Bishop of Truth himself, Caesar LaFleur. Yes, in the house. Now, <clears throat> I told you guys I had a special guest. One of the things that I'm really trying to do on this show is to really engage and have people who don't think like me, mm-hmm. people who don't have the same opinions as, as, as I do. Okay. Now, to my very far-right people, don't get upset with me. Uh, I, I actually, my, my next guest... Um, I served with this person in the General Assembly, and I'm telling you, we didn't, we didn't agree probably on 90% of the issues, but one of the things about it, this, 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 this next guest was somebody that was really good to me, and I've heard, we've been talking back and forth um, pretty much since I left the General Assembly. Uh, I want to welcome, I know some of you guys are going to be shocked when I say the name. I can't Former wait. Former majority leader of the Democrat Party, Barbara Flynn Curry. <laughs> Get out <of> yeah. here. <laughs> welcome to, to, to the black and right
6: it's good to be with you i appreciate the invitation
1: i'm so glad i you... don't
6: i don't think we disagreed on everything well, we, did. we did have our disagreements but i think we worked well together i, I think we and did. i think what one of the things that you did as a we actually the only black republican Serving in the Illinois House since the early 1980s yeah. was that you did work across party lines and did. you didn't come into the job with a whole a whole quiver full of ideological musts.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, and, and I agree. You
6: were, you were flexible. You were willing to listen to other sides of the argument.
1: Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I, was, I give you
6: credit for that.
1: And, and I was also able to tell people where I stood and, and if they didn't agree, they didn't agree. But we always found a way. So that's I guess that's where I want to start because I mean you've had thirty years in politics, I believe it was thirty years, (laughs) forty years. When 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 did politics uh, between the parties become so vitriol? And and what what in your mind can we do to fix that? Just the way how people go back and forth now, and it's, it's so hateful now.
6: It is. It is, and I don't know what the answer is. I think it starts at the national level, but we certainly have seen the repercussions here in Illinois. Yeah, And it, it used to be, when I first went to Springfield, you couldn't tell who was for gun control right. or who was for reproductive rights by by virtue of the party they belonged to. Right. In those days, we had a lot of, of very moderate Republicans from the Chicago suburbs, yeah. and many of those were pro-choice, and they were not fans of the Second Amendment. Right. But we also had, we had, so downstaters might be for the Second Amendment, more gun rights, and they may have been opposed to reproductive rights, but it wasn't, it didn't cut across party lines, it crossed, cut across geography and uh, ideology. I, I do think part of the problem is that is that people who were more moderate got pushed out in Party primaries, whether Democratic primaries on the left or Republican primaries on the right. Yeah. So I think a lot of a lot of incumbents look over their shoulder, and they think, "Gee, if I if I cross the line and cross the NRA, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> develop a, a, an opponent in the Republican primary." Yeah. And Democrats have the same. If you're not liberal enough, somebody will come and out AOC you.
1: Right, especially especially when you look at I'm looking at the. The map as is drawn here in Illinois, if you if you're north of I eighty, pretty much you, you got to be careful what you vote for. If you're in the, especially now, and I mean, you look at DuPage County. I just want to know how how were the Democrats able to come in and completely shift and change DuPage County of all places, the the county of, yeah. of Pate Phillips and and what's the other right. um, um, Crane Phil Crane? How how were they able to come right. in and do that?
6: Well, I think partly it's a function of population changes. I think there was an influx of people into DuPage County who may have had different views from those of the people who were there before them. I I think that's part of it. I also think that part of the problem for Republicans in DuPage County was that I I remember, for example, well, she may have been in Cook County, but one of our former colleagues who was a Republican and consistently voted against any kind of reasonable gun control. Yeah. Well, she was vulnerable to a Democrat in her general election. But I think she voted the way she did because she was fearful that she would draw a primary opponent. Yeah. So I think what happened was more and more people decided that the uh, the Democrats who cared about things like reasonable gun control were more on their in their line of thinking, more in sync with them than the Republicans who were clinging to. Uh, a, an, an ideology that might have been protected in a primary, but didn't work out so well in a general.
2: Representative Curry, this is uh, Pastor Cecil LaFloor calling. And first of all, let me just thank you for being here. You're like a legend, you know, hearing your name. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Are you shocked? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really surprised <laughs> that you would come on John's show. But no, no. Of course I would. I absolutely you would. would. But you, you've served for how long did you serve? 40 years or so?
6: 40 years, yeah. Okay, now, so that's
2: my question. Do you think. The term limits is something that we should be thinking about. Do you think it's a healthy thing for someone at well, the state level say, or the national yeah. level to be in office 40 years?
6: All right. Two things I would say. First of all, we do have term limits. Alexi, it's Alexi. called the ballot box. So in the yeah. case of representatives, every two years you stand for reelection. If you want to stand at all. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is important. I think if you impose term limits, you are denying the voters the opportunity to choose someone of their of their liking, and you also are, uh, I think, unfortunately, losing some institutional memory among the members of the assembly, whichever assembly it is. You know, there mm. aren't term limits on lobbyists. There yeah. aren't term limits mm. on bureaucrats, and I don't know that really want run people it, right. who are making decisions to be dependent on them. R- I, There's I, another point I, to be made, okay, and that is turnover. Turnover in the Illinois House, for example. It's incredible. It goes at a very great pace. I should have looked at the numbers, but I tell you, when I look at who's in the General Assembly today compared to who was there when I left in 2019, <laughs> That's true. at least at least 25, 35% of them are newcomers. So the worry that you're going to have all these people staying there year after year after year is just not borne out by the reality.
1: Yeah. So, so, um,
6: I, I, that's what, that's the way of saying I was an anomaly.
1: Most <laughs> Le- people don't stay that long. So what are you doing now? I, I know la- well, you were supposed to come on the show last week, but the grandkids, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to get in the way of Barbara Flynn Curry's grandkids and Barbara Flynn Curry ever. So <laughs> what are you that, doing now?
6: That was, that was very kind of you because it was the first time we'd seen them in a couple of weeks. And it was just around Easter time, so it was wonderful to be able to. We didn't do an egg hug, but we did just enjoy one weather. <laughs> um, I'm the chair of the Illinois Pollution Control Board.
1: Okay,
6: So we're the ones who do uh, the, the, administrate, the uh, regulatory and uh, judicial work in the environment. The Illinois Environmental Protection Agency brings enforcement actions. Citizens can bring enforcement actions, and we, the Pollution Control Board, Hear them, and decide contested cases. We also establish rules that are uh, asked of us by the Illinois General Assembly or the IEPA or ordinary members of the public governing various kinds of pollution. We're just finishing up a year of intensive hearings, hours and hours and hours, <laughs> on how to prevent coal ash pollution. Yeah. So we're we're hopeful that those rules will go into effect at the end of this month. And if they do, then I think we're on a path to make sure that people are not suffering the ill effects of coal ash residuals in the groundwater and the possibility of
1: spillage into our lakes and streams. If you're just joining us, we're talking to the former number two in command of the Illinois House of Representatives, Barbara Flynn Curry, former majority leader. Um, you ever thought that you would be a, there would be a day when Mike Madigan would not have the gavel?
6: Uh, you know, I knew it would happen someday, but I wasn't at all expecting it this year, yeah. and I wasn't expecting it this way. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think he did such good work while he was there as speaker of the house as well as a member. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think that depends on what party you
1: belong to, right?
6: <laughs> well, I think, be, I think I think the the rules of the house, the way he operated became much more democratic over time. Yeah. Um, and I think that he was very concerned about coming up with public policies yeah. that are uh, appropriate and responsive to the the needs of the people.
1: Yeah. So you- I.
6: You, know, you have to say about him, you may say it depends on which party, but he worked closely with the governors of both parties yeah. all during his tenure. He did stumble when it came to Governor Rauner, because yeah. Governor Rauner was my way with the highway. But but Mr. Madigan had equal trouble for different reasons with the Democratic governor, Rod Lerner.
1: Yeah, and Quinn. Um Barbara mm-hmm. Flynn Curry, thanks so much for joining us today. I'd love to come, have you come into studio, and I'd love to pick that brain. I hope you're writing a book someday soon.
6: <laughs> I'll work on it. John, <laughs> it's great to talk to you. Wonderful to be on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks
1: so much for coming on. Barbara Flynn Curry, okay. Curry former Uh, majority leader for the Democrat Party. I mean, like, the number two person from the Democrat Party just joined the show. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are like, what? How did you get Barbara Flynn Curry, first of all? And why are you having her? on? Because... One of the things about black and white, I really want to start engaging with the other with the other side. I admire that, Andy. You know, because Mm -hmm. I think I think we need to start engaging with the other side to show the differences Mm -hmm. in how we and what we believe. Absolutely. You're listening Mm -hmm. to Black and White on AM five hundred and sixty. Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, with Bishop Lafleur. We'll be right back.
0: And now more Black and White with John Anthony on AM five hundred and sixty. The Answer.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM five hundred and sixty. The answer. I am your host, John Anthony. Live in studio with my friend, my good bishop, the Bishop of Truth, Caesar Lafleur. Uh, I am sure that my my conservative friends are probably losing their minds. <laughs> yeah, what, what did you do? <laughs> how did how did you get her? Um, again, I am a I am a big believer in communication, mm-hmm. and the only way we 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 we, we we're able to show the differences in our belief systems is by having conversations. We've got to be able to talk to one another. We have to be able to talk yes, to sir. one another. Right. Um, so Bishop, um, last week, I think it was last week or two. I, I talked with Ralph Rivera from uh, Illinois. Um, is it Illinois family action? I mean, no, it's uh right to life. Illinois family rights life. This week, you know, I have my, I got to put it out there. My uncle Hiram yeah, Crawford okay. and I, Geronda Crawford. Ah. But we also have uh, a, a guy who's putting on a. They're, they're putting on a, a production on, uh, I believe it's April 24th. The 24th. Right. At Monument of Faith Church. Mm-hmm. That's the old, um, what's the old pastor there? R.D. Hinton. R.D. Hinton. Right. Mm-hmm. Richard, Richard D. Hinton. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the pastor. Uh, they put on a conference Saturday, April 24th. Uh, it's a celebrating 36 years. They're putting, they're putting on a play called Viable The Truth of Christ, One Love and One Act. And joining us also is the writer, producer, director, John Hoover, PhD, doctor. Uh oh, all these doctors on the line. John is a former writer and producer of live shows for the Disney Company and divisional general manager, executive producer for electronic publishing at McGraw Hill. This guy has, I mean, wow. Mm, wow. He now has over 250 productions. Uh, John coaches chief executives around the world and in industries, including ABC, Disney, ESPN. He's just got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Let's welcome to the line, Hiram, Jeronda, and John. Welcome to Black and Right. Thank Hello, you. John. Good to be with you. Yeah. So um, I, I, it's kind of weird for me to call them Hiram and Jeronda because, you know, I'm not used to call. Them. So I'll, I'll just go with uh, <laughs> Hiram and Jeronda. What, what's the thing you guys are putting on on the 24th? What's the production? Well, no,
8: we're ex- Excited because we are putting on the play "Viable," and it shows the reality of what a person could have become had they not been aborted.
9: Ooh, powerful way,
8: powerful, yes, powerful, really powerful. I first saw the play at the National Right to Life in South Carolina, and I was just. So very, very impressed. And we're so excited to have this. It's gonna be at eight o'clock in the morning on April the twenty fourth is registration, and the play will start at nine. We will be we will be eating at eight thirty. So you wanna be there. Telephone number seven seven three nine six zero five six five six so that you can get your reservation.
3: Just trying to get everybody to realize the major cause of a death in the black community is abortion. abortion. Wow. And there have been
8: 17 million abortions since Roe v. Wade in the black community alone. Just think how Mm. powerful we could have been if all of those babies had not been killed.
2: Dr. Sarfis, this is Cecil, the floor call again. I mean, talking in. This play that you guys are doing, this is a part of something that you guys do every year. Tell the people about your annual Pro Life, Pro Family Coalition uh, banquet and meeting that you do each spring.
3: Yes, and for the last 36 years, we have not missed presenting the cause of life, getting people to understand the major cause of death in the black community is not cancer, it's not automobile deaths, and you can go on and on and on. By far, the major cause is abortion. Over almost 20 or more million black babies have died, and thus we've been doing this. We've had speakers. Uh, from all 36 years, from all over the country, speak each year, different ones, political figures, as well as medical doctors and lawyers and and Indian chiefs.
6: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's
8: important that we we educate our people so that they know, you know,
2: what's going on. Absolutely. Actually, one of the things that I learned from uh, Hiram, from your dad, the late great Bishop Hiram Crawford Sr., was that we had to educate ourselves and then go out and educate others to tell the truth about the horrific practice of abortion, and especially its disproportionate effect on the black community. And you guys have picked up that, uh, that, that banner, and you guys have carried it very, very well. I appreciate the work that you guys do. With the pro-life, pro-family coalition, and also you, you also work to advance legislation uh, in Illinois. You know, Illinois has become one of the most pro-abortion states in the country right now. So, how is it, how important is it for you to continue this, uh, lifting up your voices and speaking out? Yes,
8: it's critical. We're now fighting the; um, they're trying to get rid of the parental notice.
2: Yes, yeah, we just uh, talked bill. about that.
9: Mm-hmm.
8: It's really critical. I mean, that would mean that. Parents would not even know that their child has is planning to have an abortion, is in an abortion clinic, and that we just need to hold on to that bill. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad that uh, we we can fight uh, with all of our might to deal with these bills. And I'm also glad that we have John Hoover on the line, yeah, also yeah, with right. himself, well, I think.
1: Yeah, I we yeah. We, actually, we're going to talk more with John Hoover when we come back from the break because I I really want to talk to him about his just. I, I personally because I really believe that the way into the a lot of these home is through film. Uh, I think oh, you know, yeah. the Kendrick brothers and a few others who have done movies and they've gone off to be to have very successful films. So um, we'll talk with John Hoover after the break. If you guys can hold the line, um, you're listening to Black and Right on AM five sixty The Answer. I'm your host John Anthony, live in studio with the Bishop of Truth, Cesar Lafleur. Uh, we'll be back with more of Black and Right.
0: This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the bishop himself, Bishop Caesar LaFleur. The bishop of truth. I, I, you got to make some... You know, I'm, I'm trying to give you guys all these... These merchandising right. things, and nobody's taking advantage of I it. I was going to tell Hiram and Jeronda, he gave me that name Bishop. I didn't give that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's for that. gave He gave me that name. <laughs> Before the break, we were talking with Hiram and Jerron Crawford, who's with Pro-Life, Pro-Family of Illinois. Um, we were talking about they're doing a, a play that's going to be conducted at um, the uh, former, late, I should say, uh, the late Richard D. The Hinton. late great. RD. of Monumental yeah. Faith Church on the south side of Chicago. But I, I, mm-hmm. I, I noticed that the name of the play was Viable. So, mm-hmm. um, John Hoover, um, did you write this play?
3: God wrote this play. Oh. I was just the typist at the keyboard. <laughs>
1: I love it. Amen. Was inspired by the Holy Spirit. I love it. So, I mean, Amen. but what led you to, I mean, because I think it's a, this is a crucial time when you look at how life is just not being, you know, respected um no no when you look at throughout america um states are doing what's called here the house bill 40 where abortion is just on demand and mm-hmm. i think this is a flip side of actually showing people an emotional pull mm-hmm. about abortion what are your thoughts about that
3: that's right this play that was totally inspired by god um I I can't take credit even for the idea, much less the dialogue, was it's not about the politics of abortion. It's not about the legality of abortion. It's not about the constitutionality of abortion. It's about the mercy, grace, forgiveness, redemption, and restoration of Jesus Christ. Because abortion has many victims, not just a preborn child. The mother suffers. That's right for the rest of her life from an emotional wound that time will not heal. So what yeah. you find out if you watch this play is that the only time that she can find, after 30 years of suffering post-abortive trauma, yeah. peace, the yeah. peace of Christ, is when she encounters the truth of Christ in a most unusual and unexpected way. And Geronda and Hiram already know what that unexpected is. And unusual way is, you'll have to find out when you come see the play. Now, did, did, I, did, I,
2: did I understand from someone who just uh, kind of explained it to us that the premise of the play is what the life of the child would have been if they had not been aborted? So, sort of similar opposite of what in A Wonderful Life that they showed what would happen if you were never born, oh. you're showing now what would happen right. if these children had been allowed to live. Is that correct?
3: right well it's not it's not quite the frank capra take okay as Mm -hmm. you point out with jimmy stewart it's more what the woman has been putting herself through in terms of shame and sorrow and Mm self-condemnation for 30 years and how that has ruined her marriage ruined her relationships with almost anybody she comes into contact with and you know, with sixty more than 60 million abortions since R.B. Wade in this country, there are tens of millions of women who have suffered with disrupted...
2: Yeah, post-abortive uh, syndrome, yeah. ...turtly destroyed relationships,
3: right, marriage, relationships with children. Um, and the guilt and the shame is just indescribable. And we hear that. as right. soon as, as soon as yeah. this play is finished and the audience they don't tend to file out of the theater. They tend to come up and start confessing to the cast. Wow. That's powerful. And (laughs) And and thank you so much.
2: I'm going to say thank you for for illustrating that because that's one of the things that's not paid attention to a lot is the post-abortive consequences that many women suffer because of the abortion. They don't talk about the ex, uh, exaggerated uh, suicide rate among post-abortive women and the, the failed yes. relationships and yes. all the other things that come from the emotional and spiritual scars that it, that abortion brings. So thank you so much. Oh. I'm excited about seeing this. I just can't wait uh, to see how you this comes going. You nailed around.
3: that, Bishop. <laughs> yes. That's true. And I have sitting right beside me now the star of this show. Oh, her, her name is Giselle Gathings, and believe me, if you've ever seen anybody, Oprah, an audience, you will on the 24th of April. I love it. At the Monument of Amen. Church. Amen. So Giselle's it. right here with me if you want to ask her about sure. how she plays that role.
1: Sure. Giselle, as a former actor myself, I know how sometimes it takes to, to get into a role. What have you been doing to, 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 to get into this role? <laughs>
9: Well, hello to your audience and I'm really happy to be here today with you guys I can't wait to get to Chicago uh, I got I have a fabulous director in John Hoover uh, who challenged me to reach down for emotions um, that to, to go back to experience that experiences that had to do with pain mm. or loss in my life to be able to bring this character to life because she truly She's truly a piece of work
3: but you had to find bitterness
9: yeah yeah and and I and she it's really interesting because some people after they see the show they're not sure whether this is who I really am or not so <laughs> so they will come up and talk afterwards you know we will have a conversation but I mean this is a this is a very angry woman she's a very vindictive woman um, she you know people in pain like to share their pain when they don't understand how to release it. True. and so she has she, this has been a part of her a part of her husband who has endured we haven't talked about the men that suffer yeah, um, her, at yeah. the hands of, of, of abortion and the, and the guilt that they may feel and, and the things that they may go through not even knowing right. yeah. what the issue may be so uh, mm-hmm. and you know, she she's just she's just lost Wow I think is, is the correct word for me to use she's lost in her pain. Wow! And so you know, this this, this encounter allows her to uh, face and heal and deal with the pain that she's been carrying thirty years, uh, which is which is a, right. a long, long time. Some so, some people haven't even lived that much in their life,
1: but yeah. thirty years it's, it's a weight. The play is called "Viable." Uh, it was put on by Pro Life Pro Family Coalition, celebrating thirty-six years. Uh, It's going to be Saturday, April 24th. Registration is at 8. Breakfast is at 8.30. Time, 8 a.m. to 12 noon. You have sessions for adults, youth, and children. And it's located at Monument of Faith Church, 2750 West Columbus Avenue. Uncle Hiram, Auntie Geronda, John Hoover, and Giselle, thanks so much for joining us. We're running out of time. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Please, guys, go out. Get the tickets. Do you guys have a website? Yes, we do. Where can people go and find tickets for the website? All right. Yeah, what's the web address? What's the web address?
8: The website is www.prolf.net. But the best way really is to call 773-960-5656. And we would love to have you there. There And we need to know that you're coming.
1: All right, thank you. Or you you
8: can email (laughs) drjcrawfor at aol.com. Thank you.
1: Thank you guys so much for coming. Hey, you're listening to Black and White on AM 560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with The Bishop. Uh, We close out the show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. With well, my good friend, the bishop himself, yes, Cesar Lafleur. Man, it's better. I bias. just had a brain fart right there. Did you really? <laughs> I really did. I just. Woo. <laughs> I tell you, getting up early in the morning, two thirty in the morning. Where's your? It'll
2: do it to you, man. I know.
1: So, did you hear? I'm sure you've heard of the press conference with Joe Biden about the guns and. Yeah, I did. You know, it's a it's not it's a public health crisis now. Yeah. I just want to play a little snippet of this real quick. Is it okay? You, you, can you give me a brief summation of this? Okay, Wake me up this. Here over. we go. Today we're taking steps to confront not just the gun
2: crisis, but what is actually a public health crisis. Nothing, nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second
0: Amendment. There are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. But no amendment, no
2: amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell crowd, you can't yell fire.
1: No amendment in to the Constitution, Constitution is absolute. So the 13th, the 14th, the 15th, those are not absolute then. They didn't really mean it all. So he's going to put us back in chains. He called, he That's told That's what us. he said. He mm-hmm. told mm-hmm. us he's going to put us back in chains.
2: Mm-hmm. This, you know, This man does not have a grasp on what he's saying. Uh, somebody's saying things to him in the office, and he's coming out trying to say things in public, and he's jumping ship. That is crazy. If no amendment oh, is absolute, absolutely. if we can't have security in the, the amendments that've given us freedom, that give us certain rights, give us freedom of speech, give us the right to life, if we can't have absolute certainty in those things, then what do we have? We're some, no longer yeah, a nation. We're not Spe-
1: specifically the first ten. Absolutely. Will you get? I mean, it, it, think about what he's saying. They're they're, they're not absolute. That means. We can change. I get it. There's a process
2: to change it. Right. But there's a process when the people speak and make those changes. We have been losing our liberties and freedoms and the concept of what America is. And these people are pushing a button and they're speeding that up. And this is a classic example of that.
1: Bishop, thanks so much for joining me. It's a wonderful time being here. I want to thank uh, Barbara Flynn Curry, former majority leader of the Democrat Party. Yes. Illinois House for joining us. Uh, Dave Smith from IFI, my man. Uh, Mary, F- is it Fiorito? Fiorito. Fiorito She's from yes. the Parental Notification Law. Absolutely, discussed yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to thank my uncle and my aunt, Hiram I'm and Geronda Crawford, that, John right. Hoover mm-hmm. and Giselle Gavings for joining us Great today. Great show, man. Uh, it was a, yeah, it was a jam packed show. Yeah,
5: today.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm at a point now where, with this show where I think people need to start. People really, I, all I care about is just putting the truth out. And you're doing a great job, and, man. Let me yeah. let me encourage you. Yeah. yeah, Keep doing what you're doing. I, I'm going right. to say this on, on air. Charles Thomas from ABC7 reached out to me, sent me a text, and he said, you have grown as a communicator. Mm, yeah. So many people are growing from it. Charles, I was like, God, great did the job. show with him. When yeah, he was I know. In That's right, yeah. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for all the people that called into the show. Johnny, Mr. Cub, thanks so much for making me sound good and keeping me on tap, on time, I should say. He did the best he could. Hey, my birthday is April 13th. Happy birthday. I'll be 45. Next time I come here, I'll be a year older. See you next week. All right.